Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe continue their discussion on the Ten Commandments, discussing the Fourth Commandment. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. Good to see you again, Brett. Yes, it's good to see you too. We're walking in a winter wonderland here in Minnesota, yeah. in Minneapolis. We had a early April snow last night, and mm-hmm. it's Holy Week. That's uh, right. So it's a good time to be together and uh, get the next uh, several episodes recorded. Yes, that's it. Is, you're right, and uh, it's it's good to be here. It's good to be launching into a new section of the commandments. Yeah, and uh, we've been walking through them and, and and enjoying the Bible studies that we've been doing as well in connection to each of the commandments. And uh, today we're going to start into the second table. Yeah, the second table of the law. This is our first major shift in the catechism. Now, Mm -hmm. we're still in the first section. Part one of the catechism is the Ten Commandments. But commandments one, two, and three are how we relate to God Mm -hmm. under the law. It talks about the proper use of his name and uh, worship and idolatry and things like that. And now our focus turns from our relationship with God Mm -hmm. to our relationship with our neighbor and how we serve God in loving our neighbors. Right. So we have the the vertical relationship there between us and God, and then now we're shifting to the horizontal relationships with all the various people that God brings into our lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah, that's a great way and uh, of really realizing that when the Bible talks about righteousness, I know we as Lutherans uh, automatically kind of reflex to this talk about justification, mm-hmm. that we are only righteous by God's declaration because of the blood that Christ shed in our place. And that's a great place to be because it's entirely biblical. Mm-hmm. But God also requires us under the law to be righteous before our neighbor. And so one of the things I've been thinking about the last several months and kind of teaching here at Faith mm-hmm. uh, is that righteousness means to be rightly oriented mm-hmm. to something. And so the, the Ten Commandments provides us with this opportunity. The first three commandments, how are we rightly oriented to God? And again, the answer is fulfilled for us in Jesus Christ who reconciles us to God uh, because he uh, took our place on the cross and he conquered sin, death, and the devil with the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the commandments four through ten and the Christian life lived in the here and now uh, is answering the question: How are we rightly oriented to our neighbor, whomever that may be? Yeah, you're right. And you know, touching on that, you know, Luther calls this fourth commandment the the first and greatest of all the commandments dealing with our neighbor. And so we're going to launch into looking at all the different relationships uh, in our lives and, and how we can be rightly oriented to them. Mm-hmm, exactly. And and this fourth commandment then is so important because it's establishing order mm-hmm. in society. It's establishing yeah. authority. It's eliminating chaos and anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that sounds fun. Yeah, anarchy. Yeah. Everyone loves anarchy. <laughs> right. The American mindset is we all want to be our own boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we kind of need to move away from that from a Christian perspective Mm -hmm. to learn to respect authority and obey authority so that society can function. We don't rip ourselves apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you said a word there that I think it would be helpful for us to keep in mind as we think about this fourth commandment is the word authority. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a word that is behind this commandment or maybe, um, supporting or fleshes out this commandment. Yeah. Cause I think we can easily just 
think about just our, our mother and father, and mm-hmm. that's, that's certainly where we're going to be going or what we'll be talking about here with this fourth commandment. Uh, but yeah, I, I would encourage you, listener, to keep that word authority in your mind as we uh, discuss this commandment. Yeah, and, and authority as far as the, the fourth commandment is, uh, is concerned is we're following a flow here. Uh, the fourth commandment for us as Christians reflects God's fatherhood, mm-hmm. God's authority over us as creator. And so uh, if you're looking at the big picture, the fourth commandment is especially now a first article of the creed commandment where we honor God as our creator and our provider. And so God mm-hmm. is our authority on earth. God hides himself in the authorities here, starting with our parents. Mm -hmm. And then that uh, authority of the parents is transferred, is reflected in society by the government. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, well, we're maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves here. It's so easy to talk about. Yeah, you're right. Uh, So let's get right into the fourth commandment. And so uh, we asked the question, what is the fourth commandment? And it is this, you shall honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you and you may live long upon the earth. And then uh, the follow-up question, what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we may not despise or, or anger our parents and masters, but give them honor, serve them, obey them, and hold them in love and esteem. Yeah, that's great mm-hmm. stuff. And, yes. uh, you know, thinking about, again, how we obey the commandments, we need to rewind just for a second yep. and talk about the purposes of the law. Remember mm-hmm. that we as Christians are called to live life with an eternal perspective, that Christ uh, has provided everything we need for life and salvation, mm-hmm. and, and everything that we need we have from God because this world is not our home. And so the law is there to help us live selflessly. Mm -hmm. And so the law is there to protect our neighbor from our sinful selves. The law is is there to uh, reflect God's righteousness and character for Mm -hmm. us as he's revealed it to us in scripture. Uh, And, you know, then for self-examination too, are we sinning in this way? Because, you know, this is one of those very first commandments that comes up Mm -hmm. uh, where it says, uh, honor your authority. Uh, The the question immediately is, well, what if we have ungodly authorities? What Mm -hmm. if we have bad authorities? That's not the question being covered here. Mm -hmm. The question is, do you have authority? And the answer is, then you honor them. Mm-hmm. You honor that authority, uh, and uh, you do that because we are called to live selflessly as Christians. We are called mm-hmm. to suspend our rights, to, to kind of put it in the American context, mm-hmm. and to look that way. In my life, I'm a forgiven sinner. Mm-hmm. I have the guarantee, the promise of eternity wrapped up for me in what Christ has done for me and in my place, and I live my life in light of that, which means I no longer am fighting for prominence. I'm no mm-hmm. longer fighting for every scrap of anything I can get. Mm-hmm. I'm living selflessly for my neighbor. Yeah, and, and I think as much as we think we're independent people, we don't realize all the authorities that we have in our lives or mm-hmm. or maybe we're ignorant to that or we don't um, recognize that or live like that in our lives. And, and so God has placed these people in our lives and our parents are really the first people that we, as we come into this, this world, uh, our parents are the first neighbors that we have uh, in our lives. Yeah, your parents is your first neighbor and your parents then, the first person you encounter in this world is the person who is representing God for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. That God has placed parents into our lives to demonstrate how he 
uh, interacts with us, that we are his children. The, the adoption language mm-hmm. uh, in scripture is all over the place, you know, God as our father. And again, you know, while we're in the business of going down rabbit trails yeah, and trying right. to cover all of this right away, uh, this is another objection. Well, what if I, my earthly father was mm-hmm. abusive? What if mm-hmm. that's not a good memory for me? Well, or God... existent yeah. Yeah, uh, not absent even, yeah, right? Yeah, absent. that's a great point. Well, the ideal in Scripture is that God is our good, tender, loving, merciful Father. So if mm-hmm. you're in a situation, and you know, you know, hopefully not, where you have not had a good father, uh, the call for you is to turn to your heavenly Father, who is a perfect Father and who has modeled what a father should look like. And then again, for those of us who are fathers... Uh, the the call is to use the example of Scripture, use the mandates mm-hmm. of Scripture to be good fathers to our children. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. And so this is a there are lots of different angles to yeah. this commandment that we can think about and dwell upon and uh, think about our lives too in light of it too. Um, should we talk about vocation here as we get going? Uh, yeah. Not to keep going on rabbit trails, but <laughs> no. Well, this uh, is this is a part of where we must go. And sure. uh, after justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, I think vocation is perhaps the most important doctrine in the church for the Christian life. Vocation is what informs our sanctification. It shows us where we should be being holy. It identifies our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And in the second table of the law, again, the focus is always on the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And it is our vocations that identify our neighbor for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And vocation usually comes in pairs. And yep. in this commandment, it's parents and children. And uh, that's that's the we really see the, the calling or the vocation of parents parented in this commandment. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe we should even take a step back, define vocation. Sure. It's this idea that God has called you to certain roles or stations in life wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there, there have been two corruptions of vocation mm-hmm. uh, that have been unhelpful throughout the centuries. The first is that vocation is only your occupation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that you train for a vocation as a plumber, carpenter. Yeah. Vocational schools. Vocational yeah. schools, a CPA, a pastor is a vocation. To some extent, that's appropriate, but that's not what's being talked about in the doctrine of vocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in certain uh, Protestant denominations today, uh, the doctrine of vocation is only your spiritual vocations, only what you're doing in service to God for the church or the advancement of the kingdom. Again, there's partial truths to that. We have mm-hmm. vocation as church members, as Christians, so on and so forth. But vocation is really anything and everything that we're involved in in this life because God has put us there to serve a neighbor. So you have... um, Really, you identify vocation by the three stations, or not the three stations, the three estates in Mm -hmm. life, the estate of family, the estate of society or of the government, and the estate of church. That's where you're going to find your neighbors. And so in the family, uh, fathers, mothers, children, siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, so on and so forth, those are all neighbors and vocations. Like Mm -hmm. you said, they come in pairs. In society, you have your occupation, and so your employer— your coworkers 
and your customers. You also have your physical neighbors, the people who happen to live next door and mm -hmm. in your community of right. which you are serving and participating with. Uh, you have in society, you have the vocation of citizen, which is why on the one hand of things, Christians kind of heavy handedly say, we need to be voting. We need to be having this impact on society because one of our vocations is to serve our neighbor uh, by mm -hmm. participating in the government that uh, we are living in. Mm -hmm. As a citizen. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then in, in church, uh, your vocation is, first of all, as a Christian, that you have specific instructions on how to live as a Christian. Romans 12, 9 through 21 is a great example of specific instructions given to Christians. You have the vocation of a church member. Uh, you have been uniquely gifted and talented to serve in the church in some area, whether it's a Sunday school teacher, mm -hmm. an usher, you know, things like that. Uh, and then in the vocation of the church, we find our particular occupations. Mm -hmm. There's kind of an overlap for you and I and Brian because yep. we're pastors. Right. And so our neighbors are the members of the congregation that have called us to serve them as pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, vocation is a great topic. I know it's it's one of your favorite things. Yeah. And, ad nauseum. And, I'll talk nauseum. about it any day. I love yeah. it too, yes. And so this idea of being a, a parent and this calling or this hat, um, it happens, you know, all of us at our parents, you know, when you're at the hospital or at wherever your baby was born, your first one, and you're holding that little one in your arms and you say, wow, <laughs> I'm a dad now mm -hmm. or I'm a mom. And uh, it's, it's quite the humbling calling. It's quite the humbling vocation. Uh, but that's the way God has designed life to be. And I think there's also just a tiny bit of disappointment that we don't realize because that first child never, ever comes with the manual. Yeah, right. You know, and so now mm -hmm. you're saying, I'm responsible for raising this child. Yeah. And, and this then is, you know, to, to look at it, the purpose of the law. Mm -hmm. to give us instruction and boundaries on how we ought to do it. And the fourth commandment is given to parents just as much as it's given to children. And we have, now we have topics of honor mm -hmm. that we have to instill in our children mm -hmm. and our children reflect back to us that honor, right. just as we honor our parents, mm -hmm. uh, our children's grandparents, and so on and so forth. And again, the, the whole idea behind this is also reflecting back to us Mm -hmm. in the real world, in the here and now, so on and so forth, uh, God's character, the, that God is due honor, that God is our authority, that God is our Father. And that's the thing we want to constantly be pointing mm -hmm. back to as we go through this. Sure. So this idea of being a parent or the vocation of parent, uh, Jason, would you tell us how, why, why is it so important to us? Well, again, as we said before, parents stand in God's place. Parents govern their families with God's authority uh, behind them. A quote from the large catechism is that we are not to consider who they are, meaning our parents are how they may be, but the will of God in this who has created and ordained parenthood. And so God has ordained the family. He has instituted the family. And that means our parents are important. They have important roles. Again, without commentary on the worthiness of honoring them, it's that the office, uh, and, and actually to, 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 kind of take a side note here, this is the same way how we ought to treat our president. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people, well, we have right now the hashtag, not my president. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what you feel about the man, 
who occupies the office, it's the office that we are honoring. Mm-hmm. It's that his role as the authority in our country. The same goes with parents. It's, mm-hmm. You may disagree with their parents. We Hashtag not my parents. That's not my parents. <laughs> well, yeah. You remember we grew up in the '90s. Yeah. You know, do you remember the the story from the early to mid '90s about the boy who divorced his parents? Yeah, that was right. a big deal yeah. for like six months. Yep. That's that sort of thing. And and we are called to not look at the individual in the office, but the office that God. God has instituted. Mm-hmm. Again, we know you and I and Brian, sure. we're all parents. We screw up all the time. Yep. We, you know, we have, you know, most of the time we have no idea what we're doing. We're just trying to do our best, you know, according to scripture, but to do so in a way that is honorable from our perspective, mm-hmm. but teaching our kids that no matter what is you live with honor and respect for another human being, Mm -hmm. especially for one in authority over you. So that's the importance of parents because then it instills in our life the idea that we're going to be honoring God Mm -hmm. and uh, honoring him with our obedience to the law which you know is a sin and grace issue, obviously, but honoring him by remembering him with thankfulness for all that he's provided, you know, living a life realizing that we would have nothing if it wasn't for God's gracious hand of provision in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, God has has blessed us with our parents, and He has blessed us um, with these with this vocation, and um, yeah, so it is very important and very important that um, we recognize these dear people in our lives, and and this is the principle we're getting at. You know, like you mentioned, there may be abuses of that, um, and certainly we can talk more about that later. But uh, for right now, let's let's go in a little different direction here. Um, how? It, why was this such a big deal on Luther's day, or what was going on in the culture at, at that time? Well, yeah, and really we're we're jumping back to this idea of the second table of the law and loving your neighbor uh, as the fulfillment of the law because Luther was constantly fighting against monasticism. Mm-hmm. And, and monasticism, to, to really be unfair to the whole thing, is an effort to remove the second table of the law from the picture because you remove yourself from your neighbors. And so the monastics, the monks of Luther's time, especially as it had been corrupted through the centuries, uh, the monks were inventing their own good works that they said were pleasing to God, Mm -hmm. and they were despising the good works that God had given because they were common and ordinary and every day. And so you see this uh, with the call to chastity Mm -hmm. that the Catholic Church has forbidden the marriage of priests. And so living a celibate monastic lifestyle is uh, somehow now more holy than being a father, a mother, having children, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know that that being a good employee and not stealing, which we're going to cover in the seventh commandment, or allowing people to have a good reputation, all of that is. Uh, unimportant if you can do some sort of super spiritual thing (laughs) in a monastery away from any neighbor that's going to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so even uh, in, in the Book of Concord, in the Catechisms, and even in the Augsburg Confession, the Lutherans, the early Lutherans, were fair to monasticism and saying when, when it was started, it was for the purpose of training and education. Mm-hmm. But it got corrupted through the centuries, and now, like, like I said, you're removing yourself from your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so there's no neighbor to love, and so then you're not doing what God has called you to do in obeying the law on the second table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's interesting, I, the way that you talked about that. Sometimes that can happen in the modern-day church as well, where um, maybe parents get wrapped up in doing churchly-type things and they neglect their family, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of a different form of monasticism, but uh, one of, of still 
neglecting that vocation, that calling that God has placed them in. And, uh, you know, thinking back to uh, the scripture there, the practice of Corbin uh, there Mm -hmm. in in Mark 7, as we think of that too, and uh, how, you know, the idea is, is not giving to your family what um, what you should be giving and uh, ne- neglecting them. Well, and, and you highlighted on something. I, I, I think most people would either deny it outright or haven't realized, but the American church today, regardless mm-hmm. of denomination, is plagued by the same errors of monasticism. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't have monasteries anymore, but it's this idea of this church as a shelter and everything needs to be super spiritual. And so we deny uh, the ordinary. We deny the everyday activities that we have been called to do uh, Mm -hmm. in in this addiction to go do something super spiritual and honorable for God. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've been called to the mission field, then by all means go. And if you've been gifted to be a Sunday school teacher, then by all means, teach. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is no difference between those activities and the activity of being a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. trudging through the day and your only conversations all day long are with a three-year-old mm-hmm. until your husband gets home or you know whatever the case may be. Or uh, you know, in vocation, there's no such thing as a dead-end job, is that you are serving your neighbor one way or another, even if... At the moment, your work might not be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, and so we look at this and everything here, because it's such a big picture, it feels like it's almost exhausting all the qualifications yeah, we right, have. You know? right. So like vocation in the church, we are not denying mm-hmm. that you should try to advance in your career. We're not saying that if you're a burger flipper at McDonald's sure. right now, you shouldn't be striving for something that you would enjoy doing more. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what we're saying that is if you are a burger flipper at McDonald's, do that as for the Lord and not as for men, yeah. that you are actually serving a neighbor, your employer who is paying you to do that. You are serving them. You are serving the customers because now they're not having to make a meal at home, but they have the benefit of going through the drive through window and instantly having a meal available to themselves instead of going home, taking all the raw ingredients and putting something together over the course of an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be the healthiest thing, but we're not <laughs> making a comment on that. It's a blessing to someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and What studies have shown is if you can look at your occupation or your vocation as a means of serving someone else, the chances of you learning to enjoy what you're doing Mm -hmm. and having that activity be rewarding are exponentially higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That is so true that uh, when you start to think of your neighbor, um, in whether it's a job at Burger King or wherever, um, and you you hold all these vocations kind of in balance too, and and you are a parent as the same time as you are an employee, as the same time as you are all the other vocations that you have. Um, and so, um, how how can parents keep that in balance? That this idea of keeping their vocation as a parent in light of the other vocations they have. Uh, there, but for the grace of God, right? That's, that's the thing. This is, that's right. the Christian life lived out. That's sure. the tension. And it's uh, prayer, 
It's on us as pastors mm-hmm. to be training and, and teaching vocation instead of just leaving it because it doesn't sound like a spiritual thing. It's not a, a, a churchly theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to be bringing it up all the time. And again, the members here at Faith will laugh because I'm literally bringing it up all the time. <laughs> um, but again, it's it's the perspective of, you know, is there a hierarchy to what we do? Yes. What's the most important thing in your life? This is kind of we get mm-hmm. step into the realm of idolatry. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are called uh, here in the, t- the second table of law to be parents. Our families are next after our relationship with God. You got commandments one, two, and three is your identity as a Christian mm-hmm. and how you relate to God. The very next commandment is your identity with your family. Mm-hmm. And so we need to put families back in a place of prominence. And again, highlight, it's, it's, it's not always rewarding being a parent. You know, I really don't like changing stinky diapers, and mm-hmm. I have never had a time over the course of the last 11 years where I haven't had a diaper to change in my house. It's difficult when at 3 a.m. you got to go from zero to 60 because you have a child screaming down the hall or throwing up or, you know, whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. But these are the neighbors God has given you to serve. And by and large, it is a rewarding thing to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And it is an honorable thing to train your child in the faith sure. and to raise them up uh, to be good Christians, good neighbors, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that I would not change anything in the world for that. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I, I don't mean to switch the subject right, right away here, but we've been talking a lot about being parents, maybe mm-hmm. from that angle. How about from the children's angle of, of being the vocation of being a child? Uh, the, the vocation of being a child is simply to be trained mm-hmm. and to show honor and to demonstrate honor. And I think, you know, we're going to talk a lot more about the vocation of family in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, it starts for us as adults, even as children, is with a willingness to learn and a willingness to submit, to not trump our ego or our identity, or like I said, our rights before someone else. This is what it looks like to be a child. That's what it looks like to have the vocation of a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that vocation of a child morphs and changes through the years as... You know, as you're a child living with your parents as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. before you're 18, um, or so, where whenever that happens, that transition, going off to college and getting married, and uh, you know, the natural progression of things, um, your vocation as a child changes through the years, but nonetheless, you still have it, um, even if your parents are are elderly or are they, or um, unable to care for themselves too, and maybe they're you're vocation changes at that point as well as a child. And I think one thing we ought to be considering, uh, especially now as we've grown into adulthood and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in our 30s, is how can we love our parents who are becoming elderly? How are we to care for them and to show them that kind of love? Mom and Dad, I hope you're not listening to this. (laughs) Just take this clip and lord it over (laughs) us for the next 20 or 30 years. Just play that one. (laughs) No, I, I meant to say... I think they'd be offended that we're calling them elderly, uh, at least my parents I, anyway. I'm not calling my parents elderly, <laughs> but they will be someday. Right, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you're right. That's the point you're, you're driving home. Yeah, so there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about here. And so maybe what we should do at this point is wrap up this episode and come back next time for uh, kind of part two of this lesson before we get into a Bible study on uh, this commandment. So any closing thoughts, Jason, as we wrap up this episode? 
No, I think that's a great idea. And again, a reminder here is that as we introduce the fourth commandment and we're bouncing around so randomly right now, it's because we're introducing an entirely new or different branch of theology. And so we're trying to do our due diligence here. If we miss something, by all means, bring it up, contact us Mm -hmm. in the ways that you've been given, the the website, the email address, whatever the case might be. But we're doing our best. We're going to come up. Second uh, half of this lesson will be the next episode. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Please join us next week as Pastor Brett and Pastor Jason continue their discussion on the fourth commandment.